Hi, I'm Kat, an artist currently trapped in the hellscape otherwise known as Britain or the UK, and you're listening to The Leftscape, the shape of progressive conversation. Hi, I'm Robin Renee, and this is The Leftscape, the shape of progressive conversation. Hi, I'm Wendy Sheridan, and welcome to episode 131. We are still in our season of democracy. We've learned about activism in the U.S. from North Carolina to California. We've heard about the local experience of becoming a committee member. And last time, we listened back to an interview from episode 98 to learn a bit about the democratic process in Australia. In this episode... I speak with Kat Ardern, who's lived in four English-speaking democracies, and we discuss the differences between them and what's been going on in the UK in recent years. That sounds great. I'm looking forward to hearing that. But before we get to the interview, we've got another edition of Why Is This Awesome? And this time the topic is deep listening. So how was your fortnight, Wendy? Ah, uh, wet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not as wet as some people's, but we we caught the, I guess the remnant of Ian up here over the weekend, and actually I think it's still we have still a little bit of it right now. Yeah, it uh, stopped here, but it's it's been pretty dreary and very yeah, very rainy. <laughs> we got a lot of water yesterday, and it's still wet outside, and it's been very cold. And I guess the biggest. The biggest news I did over the last two weeks is I knit a witch hat that is very popular on my Facebook page. <laughs> it looks great, and it made me think that you could knit an energy dome. And I yes. would love to commission one, perhaps, at one point. Oh, my point. God. <laughs> so, you want a crochet? It's crochet. Yeah, and, yeah. And you want a crocheted energy dome. I think so, that would be amazing. Okay, get me a lot of red heart red yarn okay <laughs> it's just i hate working with this yarn it's a horrible yarn oh but it's very stiff i mean that's why it's not fun to work with but it it's it's a stiff plastic yarn that that everybody uses when they're learning how to knit or crochet because it's cheap mm -hmm. but it's the only one that the woman who wrote the pattern for this witch hat said this is the only one that'll keep its shape Okay. Once it's finished. Otherwise, it'll just, yeah, everybody, every other yarn just gets all flat and squishy. So. Got it, got it. And what about you? Uh, well, let's see. I've got <laughs> the biggest thing that's happened is that I started a show on Yacht Rock Discord. Oh. And my first, uh, my first thing was last night. The, the show is called Saved by Zero, and it is. You know, it's just going to be a, a mix of punk and post-punk and new wave. Mo a lot, mostly new wave, but sort of all, all of that kettle of alternative stuff. And is it yacht? No, it is not. Okay. Yacht. Okay. <laughs> no, okay. but although I'm very interested in the the intersection of where 
new wave might meet yacht so i haven't really figured that out yet but it's really in the same era but it's a different whole different music that was going on at the time which i really am passionate about so you're gonna get me on discord i (laughs) i would tune into your show (laughs) yeah so it was kind of fun i i'm not like talking and djing but like i'm programming the tunes and chatting and stuff and i might do some bumpers with my voice and some other things. I have a lot of ideas coming up, but it, cool. it, yeah. So that was really fun. And the funny thing about it was that I did my first show, which kind of well focuses on the seventies and eighties, but has you know spans to current times too. But I was dressed as a seventies person <laughs> because <laughs> I had just gone to my friend's, our friend's seventieth birthday party, and so they're. Her kids made the theme the '70s, so which was clever. It was it was really nicely done, but it was kind of funny to be sitting there in this giant afro, like playing <laughs> music of the '70s, but of a different sort of focus. And um, <laughs> that was fun. It was yeah. So that's a good thing. My yeah. spouse thinks you should grow your hair like that and wear it like that all the time. That's just want to let you know. <laughs> well, I also I agree. You looked you looked amazing with that afro wig on honestly i kind of had a, a serious covid fro going for a while it was it, it was fun and then i just i needed to change but you know it was maybe okay maybe one day <laughs> so yeah hey, so if that's... i could grow an afro i would have one <laughs> so yeah good stuff but uh, yeah so uh, things have been good i'm looking forward to doing more shows and oh that's cool sort of priming my creativity in good ways. Cool, cool, cool. Well, as always, you can catch a new episode of The Leftscape every other Wednesday. Subscribe to the show on our website, leftscape.com, or find us wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you sign up for automatic downloads so you won't ever miss a show. Yes, and please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Leftscape. You can check out our show notes on the website, which features links for you to follow. You can follow our show guests. You can get more info on the topics and everything like that. And while you're on our site, don't forget to sign up for the newsletter, The Leftscape Lookout. Your downloads, likes, follows, and subscriptions really do help us grow. So please do give us a review wherever you listen. It really matters. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And on Patreon, supporters can listen to our exclusive segment, We Should Be Recording This. The most recent topic we talked about was stuff we don't like to talk about. <laughs> that was very good. I like it's that It's a very one, meta conversation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Join us at any level starting at just $1 a month. If you support us at the $5 stage door level, you'll receive a thank you package containing postcards, a magnet, a sticker, invitations to our periodic hangouts on Zoom, Discord, Facebook Live, or any other platform and a priority for You Got Questions, We Got Answers, as well as all of our We Should Be Recording This Conversations. Yes, yes. Well, I am very happy to say that we got some fan mail. Ooh! (laughs) (laughs) I heard from Dr. Elizabeth Vanderweel, who uh, has been on the show a couple times and is also a, a fan and a listener, sent us two little... I think it's uh, uh, Amigurumi. Oh. oh, real mail. Okay. Yes. Oh, they're so cute. Yeah. So one is for you. One is for me. One <gasps> is sort of oh. bi colors and one has all the whole <laughs> rainbow. They're cute little uh, octopus uh, octop- octopi. 
and they have the right number of legs. They each have eight legs. So I know that drives you nuts when they people don't make them with the right. <laughs> I have to say, she she uh, you know if she made them herself, I have I have a lot of respect because I've tried crocheting little tiny things like those legs, and they're a real pain in the ass. <laughs> so. Yeah, and they're very, very cute. So thank you for those. thank you. And she also sent a copy of her book, Apocalyptic Best Practices, which we've talked a little bit about, but I'm looking forward to checking out more. Hopefully uh, you can loan it to me when you're done. Absolutely. So So fan mail actually in the mail. (laughs) Not like I figured, oh, I didn't see an email. (laughs) That is awesome. Yes, thank you. So now let's uh, start with our three random facts and the news. And today I have the first fact, and it is an animal fact, like, oh, quel surprise. And um, <laughs> sorry about switching into French for no reason. Um, <laughs> okay. Fish can cough and burp, but they cannot sneeze or fart. <laughs> they cough to dislodge something that gets stuck in their gills. Um, and they burp for the same reason that we burp but they apparently cannot sneeze or fart. <laughs> that is, uh, that's a great fact. It's a very It's a fact joke. for an eight-year-old <laughs> and us. <laughs> All right. So my fact, some people think that there are no fireflies or lightning bugs, whatever you call them, like in the out west in the U.S. And really? that is actually not quite true. There's a kind of, Firefly Continental Divide, and this is according to the Smithsonian Magazine, it has to do with the flashing behavior among adults. So among Eastern species, males flash while they're in flight to attract females. And those species don't live farther west than Kansas, except for a few isolated populations. But out west, it's the adult females that glow, but only while they're on the ground and very faintly. So faintly, their glow is hardly detectable even to the human eye, uh, fully adapted to the dark. So it's sometimes people venture out without a flashlight to try to check them out or whatever. But so that's the difference. So they actually do exist out there. That's There's wild. A little different. So yeah. On Disney Plus, there is a documentary series from National Geographic, which Disney Plus kind of glommed onto and they air that. They have that stuff on their streaming service. And the first episode had a quick, it was I think they were talking about animal superheroes or something like that was the title of the episode. And they had film of, and I'm not, I don't think it was in America. This was like in Mexico or South America, the fireflies in order to attract the females in those groups, they have to flash sync in sync. And they had this film of them, of the male fireflies syncing up. And it was really cool. They don't do that. And I have never seen that happen in my backyard. I get in June, we get lots of them. So it's always fun yeah, to see that. That would be cool. I have not seen that either. <laughs> so check it out on, on Disney Plus. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and our third and final fact of today is in a group of 23 people, there is a 50% chance that two will share the same birthday. Hmm. That's a statistics geekery <laughs> yeah i'm trying to think about that I, i'd have to i don't well, know what the, i you know it's there's only 365 days yeah to it's have pretty a birthday, common so. that you'll have yeah you'll meet someone like with it yes 23 <laughs> specific that's interesting good. yeah i think that's you know if you if, if you're good at statistics i'm sure there's a graph that you that, that it's there 
with percentages versus number of people. And, and I do not want to figure out what the equation is. Mm. It took me a few tries to pass that class in college. Uh, <laughs> I think I avoided it. I just went into calc, which was Oh, we easy. had to. It was yeah. required. Uh, right, right. <laughs> that, and, that and thermodynamics. Those right. were the, the two classes that I had a shitload of problems getting through. <laughs> Oh, man. Anyway, uh, now it's time for all the news we can handle. So Monday morning, which is actually the day we're recording this, the Supreme Court will fling itself back into the thick of environmental controversy in the latest case threatening the ability of the federal government to counter pollution. Having curtailed in June the ability of the Environmental Protection Agency to curb emissions causing planet heating, the court will now hear arguments in Sackett versus the EPA, which has the potential to whittle down the agency's power to uphold clean water standards. Hooray. <laughs> then on Tuesday... That's just it. That's just Monday. Then on Tuesday, the court will enter blockbuster territory with Merrill versus Milligan. That case could topple the, the last remaining pillar of the Voting Rights Act, which has safeguarded democratic rights of African Americans and other minority citizens for the past 57 years. Merrill versus Milligan concerns Alabama, where Republican lawmakers want to draw up congressional district maps that would give black voters the power to send just one African American member to Congress out of a total of seven representatives, even though black Alabamans make up a quarter of the state's population. The map was blocked by three federal judges who ruled that it was racially discriminatory and that the state had engaged in racial gerrymandering. And that's just the first week. And I've been reading it's the court is is kind of crazy right now. Justice Kagan also was speaking out against some things. And, and I believe Roberts was or Alito was pissed off at her for what she was saying at a, at a speech she gave at a college recently like last week. Hmm. So thank you for being our SCOTUS watcher. <laughs> I, I was not unaware, but blissfully not paying enough attention yeah. to this one, but I know it's I know. coming up. It's for Yes, so. it is. And, and I do want to also throw out there that justice Katenji Jackson is, is this is her first, she's been, ensconced or in paneled or whatever it is <laughs> yeah she's now officially on the court so and, yeah. and she will be you know weighing in with her opinions and i know it's not enough to stem the tide of the former guy's appointees but it's something so yeah i'm glad she's there for sure <laughs> yes well in hurricane news we've had some <laughs> bad ones. <laughs> mm. Hurricane Ian last week really did a number on Florida and South Carolina. The current death toll is 76. Yikes. Sadly, that will be higher by the time you hear this. I think they're, you know, I mean, it's still a lot of flooding is still possible. And I know they're looking for people and things like that at this time. Uh -huh. So that's, it's pretty tough. One of the things that I do, I'm a big fan of Bo of the Fifth Column on YouTube, who has a lot of, you know, political discussion and opinion and that sort of thing. But he is also, he's located in Florida. He's in, I think he's in the Panhandle area, but 
he just recently went down to help, you know, mm -hmm. and gives good good information on what people actually need as opposed to like what people think they're supposed to send or, you know, that sort of thing. So I'm going to be watching his videos to see what he's got to say about his experiences there and how people like us who are, you know, just not in the area can, can help and what you can do. Also in hurricane news, Fiona hit Puerto Rico a while back and there was like complete blackouts and other kinds of stuff. And unfortunately, you know, our U.S. response was pretty slow and... Uh, As I, usual. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and so Biden is going today, Monday, to Puerto Rico to meet with people. And I believe he's going to announce like $60 million for infrastructure, which is what they so, what's so needed, you know, because... Yeah, they needed that five years with Marie after Marie. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Exactly. Uh, it's like there's only so much a paper towel roll can do. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes. Yeah. So, hopefully, you know, getting, uh, you know, better better electrical grid and, and other, you know, stuff for... Yeah, Puerto they have to, be, they have to harden that island. They yeah. have to... Because... You know, they get hit with hurricanes way more frequently than mainland does, I think. Yeah, yeah it seems to be. And, you know, they are part of us and often yes. forgotten. So, Yeah, because they're not a state. They're a territory. And, right. and they are American citizens. They're Americans. Yep. So, you know, it's not another country. Right. And I, and I get really annoyed when people act like it is. Because it's not. No. Anyway, anyway, we would like to give condolences to the family and friends of Sashin Littlefeather, the actor and activist who was famous for declining Marlon Brando's Oscar at the Academy Awards in 1973 because uh, she died on Sunday at age 75, which is really kind of sad because she was suddenly in the news because people finally recognized her for her activism or she got she got like some kind of an award right yes and a standing ovation and and they really yeah honored her and admitted that that was had been such a mistake to like treat her the way she was treated yes yeah um, i actually remember i have that was back in the day when i used to actually pay attention and watch the oscars mm. so i remember that whole thing and, and and the whole everybody was like outraged about it and wow yeah. Yeah. Well, rest in peace. That was amazing yes. that she stood up at a time when you weren't even supposed to be talking about those things. So Yeah. And, and, and a woman. Yes. <laughs> Speaking out in public about something. <laughs> oh, my God. Exactly. <laughs> and in what I consider ironic news, Brisbane's Lord Mayor is pushing for Queensland to adopt daylight savings time. Just as we in America are phasing it out completely by never switching back after next summer. And I know, I know, Robin and I, this is one of those <laughs> things that we disagree on. And I, I find this is like the exact kind of thing that people should just learn, <laughs> disagree. If you're going to disagree on something, have it be something stupid like daylight savings. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. We disagree. And I, and I think we also disagree about our level of passion about it. Because honestly, yes. just tell me what time it is and I'll... <laughs> change my clock or not <laughs> that's it <laughs> oh boy uh, i else? know every everybody's all happy that it's going to be daylight savings all the time but i'm waiting for people with school-aged children to start bitching about having them wait at the bus in the dark 
in the winter. I'm just mm-hmm. waiting for that because you know it's coming. <laughs> yeah. All right. In a more serious note, there are ongoing protests in Iran over the death of 22-year-old Masha Amini while in police custody. Actually, she didn't die in police custody, but uh, she was arrested for unsuitable attire by the morality police. And I think she was either not wearing a hijab or was wearing it wrong or something, but they arrested her for this. She died three days later in a hospital after falling into a coma. And there are allegations from the family that, you know, she was beaten by the police and things like that. But the the official the official Iranian government hasn't released like autopsy details or anything. The protests began at Amini's funeral on September 17th, and the Norway-based Iran Human Rights Organization claims 133 people have been killed in the protests so far. Mm-hmm. Protesters are calling for an end to Islamic clerical rule, and the protests have spread to Iran's 31 provinces with all layers of society, including ethnic and religious minorities, taking part. So this has been going on for, like, this is like three weeks now. Yeah, so, and it's been really dramatic of, yes. you know, women dancing, which you, you're not allowed to dance. I mean, that's, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> and, and swinging the hijab and burning them in some cases, and it's very powerful visually and and i think about how much higher the stakes are there because you know people here can dance around and burn things or whatever and some people get mad about it but it's not it's not the same well the article that we're going to link to speaks specifically about a protest at with students at sharif university and uh, there are reports that i guess haven't been confirmed by reuters yet that are saying that the police were using tear gas and beating people with batons and and even live ammo. Oh, they were using even live ammo. So yeah, it it sucks there right now. Yeah. I'm hoping they can. I'm hoping that maybe the, they can uh, affect some actual change. I in hope Iran. so. So several pundits I've heard talk about this, or people who you really you know report from there, have said that they think this is a turning point like this is it's a different the conversation is, will be different after this, this is like their george floyd moment yeah yeah so yeah election day is coming up for the midterms in the u.s it's tuesday november 8th so let's get our shit together <laughs> and yes. i'm saying that to myself first and foremost because i've been realizing that i i signed up for vote save america's program to you know choose a region and do some work and I've been like mm. missing their emails. Like I just haven't <laughs> been tuned into the fact that like I'm going to get an email from this address, like pay attention to it. And I need to start doing that because, oh my gosh, it's coming up fast. Yeah. I got my, my uh, poll worker letter in the mail, but yeah, I'm not working early voting, which I'm kind of sad about because that's a lot of money I won't be getting, but uh, I'm working on election day and we in New Jersey, the polls are open, I believe 10 days before the election and they're open like every day except Sunday. So check, check your local polling places. Well, probably votesaveamerica.com has all that information by state. Yes, they should have, you know, how you get yes. in touch and make sure you're registered and, you know, all the information. So we'll yes, yes. And, and I think in some places, if you're not registered yet, you may be too late, but a lot of places will let you register. So check to see 
if you're registered and make sure you register if you're not. Mm -hmm. And if you don't vote, I'm going to come and smack you. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that's all the news we're going to have I think that's it. (laughs) Are you helping someone run for office? Are you running for office yourself? Going to a protest and can't think of what to write on your sign? Are you tired of seeing BLM or Let's Go Brandon? Then you want the Sloganator. We at the Leftscape have curated a special set of slogans for your next protest or campaign. Visit leftscape.com sloganator and voila! You'll receive a fresh new slogan for your sign. That's leftscape.com sloganator. Why is this? Why is this awesome? So this is a segment where we, one of us talks about something that is awesome and uh, either teach about it or just rave about it or whatever. And I have been uh, coming back to deep listening. And that's something that I haven't done in a long time. So what I mean by that is really absorbing myself in whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm listening to, like a, Usually it's music and doing nothing else but just listening, you know, maybe pouring over lyrics and just sitting and just being in that space. And I think about when I did this all the time growing up, you know, like I remember when I first got Steely Dan's Asia album and it's just like, oh my God, it's a new album, whatever, you know, and you're just there in your room (laughs) and you're just looking at every song and wondering about what the lyrics mean and hearing the sounds for the first time and just really um, having a complete experience with music. And I realized how how almost non-existent that is now mm. because I'm always multitasking to such a level. It's it's kind of insane. So coming back to that and, and really hearing some things is is a good trend. And it's and it's not easy. Because no. I always think like, oh, shit, I forgot to text this person that or, oh, I meant to do this or I better check this email or like my brain is so ready to jump off to the next thing. Yeah, but you meditate. You know how to shut your brain off. Well, that's an interesting thing. Meditation is the process of coming back to center. Okay. So that could be every two seconds. Oh. But you're just sitting there, you're just committing to doing the practice, you know? Okay, so this is not like, it's not the same, is what I'm hearing from you. I think it's a, it might be a related skill or ability or, or experience, but no, it's different. It's, okay. it's somewhat different. I mean, listening, well, I guess it is, it's similar in the sense that you're giving something your attention. But I think my point is that our whole culture, and especially my sort of daily way of being in the world, is so multi, I'm doing many things at one time, like all the time. Mm. And really giving myself the, the time to just sit is, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's amazing. And a little bit I've done of it now, and I, and I want to be doing more. I was just listening to... Um, 
Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. It's just something that I had on my list to do because it just, it turned, that album turned 50 a while back. Oh, wow. I remember everyone talking about it and how sort of powerful and relevant it still is today and that sort of thing. And I realized, like, I don't know that I've, I mean, you hear the songs on the radio or whatever, but have I really sat down and listened to that album, you know? And so I was listening to that. And there's just, there's a kind of joy that comes to me for just, just hearing certain sounds. And there are things that you can't even express or, or explain in terms of like how a certain sound or a certain series of sounds brings a sense of joy or a sense of hope. I think that album has a lot of hope in it for me. Okay. You know, it's talking about challenges of the day and whatever, but it feels like we can talk about this and we can sing about it and things are things are moving, you know. So it feels really good. It feels really good to just to just listen. Mm. I yeah. do that very rarely. I I probably used to do it more. I had very different musical tastes. I'm also, what am I, like nine years older than you. So things were, you know, when I was 14, things were not different music. You know, I would put on, you know, Yes is Close to the Edge. That was mm-hmm. definitely one of the ones that you had your stereo, you put the record on your headphones because, you know, your mother will yell, turn that down if you don't. And, you know, you're just sort of laying on the floor and and having all of the sound just washing over you. There was a prog rock band whose name I can't remember now. I have to get into my Spotify and look it up because I favorited them. Because I didn't, first, I didn't know they existed. And second, I didn't know anybody was making prog rock like that anymore. It's a new, newish band. And I think it has a lot of other, you know, older people from other prog rock bands in it. And it was just. You know, I was listening to it and it was really great and I was really grooving on it. And then, you know, my daughter comes over and it's like, oh, my God, give take, ter- turn that off. It's giving me a headache kind of thing because there's a lot going on. You know, mm-hmm. I used to just listen to music like in the car, for example, like when I'm driving and when I had a commute. And there's some things that I'll just listen to over and over and over until I have like analyzed everything and picked it apart (laughs) to like this major degree. I did that with one of the Vartina songs off of Il Matar. They're a Finnish band. Mm -hmm. And there's this one song that I really, really like. And the reason I like it is it evokes somebody riding a horse or being on a horse pulled something to do with horses they're either in a carriage or they're riding it because like it starts out with a with a like a like the horse is walking and then the next like the bridge the horse is kind of trotting and in the chorus it it's the rhythm it's like this horse is cantering it's like all the different gates of a horse and i have no idea if they were even consciously aware of that and i would be love to talk to them and ask them like do you know (laughs) that this this is because it 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 just has that feel and i have and it, the fact that you know they're all singing in finnish and i have no idea what they're what the lyrics mean it, it's kind of you know you really just have to 
just trust the music and how it's making you feel and it may be completely off of you know they could be right right, the lyrics could be about like somebody dying in a horrible accident but we wouldn't even know (laughs) you know (laughs) right that's that's wild yeah no i do i do like that close to the edge is a great record by the way i think i agree with that i think my my love my 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 interest in prog is limited but certain bands i love and yes is one of them i think okay. they're awesome yeah so yeah it's that's been good and i think for me i want to listen to both things that i would normally follow like the band the boy named if is the latest elvis costello album and i haven't given it it's it's due yet i want to really just listen and I tried to think, I thought to myself, like, okay, when I'm driving out to Ohio, I can really just listen to this album. And I did. I listened to it. But it's it wasn't that deep listening experience because I'm still, even right. if I'm on a straightaway, I'm still doing a thing. I'm doing something right. else, you know. So I, I owe that one a listen. I've been, this is where meditation meets the deep listening thing I'm talking about. There's <laughs> also, uh, <laughs> it's called, the eternal ohm and i love this eternal ohm it's just that's all it is for an hour oh. it's just oh, a, wow. a, um sort of a circular ohm so it never really stops you know well, how many people is it just one person or are there a bunch of people it's a well it's 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 a like you know it's it's modified um but it's a guy named what's his name slap robert slap <laughs> okay <laughs> but i don't think it's just him it's other voices and stuff too okay but that i just think that's a really funny name but <laughs> it's also my favorite ohm and i could listen to it i could just listen to it for wow ever you know so that's been something that's been that has been in i put that in periphery too when it's just when i'm doing stuff but i can also just really sit and be with the ohm and that um mm. that's a wonderful thing so I'm glad to rediscover this. It's like such an obvious thing. And as a musician myself, like I've been struggling with being able to get back into my creative space. And, and I think this is a part of it, you know, that in my most creative times in my life, I really did give the time to just to just listen and to just like what you're talking about, like sort of dig through something and understand it and pick it apart and yeah, hear it and look at it and, and all of that. So I'm excited about doing that more, you kind of giving that gift to myself and listen to some things that I haven't, that are classics that I haven't really poured over, you right. know, like what's going yeah. on. Like pet sounds is another one that I have not really given the true listen to and Mm. and that is considered like an absolute classic you know also okay does this have anything to do with your new newfound dj kind of uh gig that you you took upon yourself um (laughs) (laughs) it's it's related in the sense that i don't think i think my interest in deep listening certainly predates that but it's related in the sense that when i'm listening for how songs flow together and how I want them to happen. Okay. I do a lot of that, even if it's in spots, you know, if I'm trying to make a playlist, I'm listening. I look, okay, this this beat is a little too hyper to go after the last two songs, so I'm going to move this here and oh, try okay. to sort of make things flow in a way that 
uh-huh. is pleasing and you know like for yeah. example for the playlist that I did last night I wound up putting two seconds of silence in between each of the songs because so this is a YouTube playlist that I created and every song was starting like so fast mm. that it's like it makes it was making me feel hyper like I could feel this like wait I want to like sit <coughs> and be in the sort of aftermath of the last song for at least a little <laughs> bit of seconds like you know if you play an album like what you, on vinyl or whatever like there's a few seconds of something Most before that generally yeah yeah unless it's yeah one big you know thing yeah but, unless um, it's a yes album exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's a different story but that's when you're listening to that on a digital and it cuts off because Total mass retain is done, but it doesn't flow immediately into the next song. Um, and it's like, wait, what happened? <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy. That's frustrating. Like and like help God help you if you hit shuffle by mistake. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like this makes no sense. Ah. Uh, yeah. Well, this is you're reminding me of of when I when <laughs> when you came over after I got my record player set up and we went up to my room and like listening to records like we were 15. What was the one that um I was actually that was on my list. I want to go back and listen to that band, the Pink Somebody's? Pink Fairies. Yes. They are on my list of deep listening. Okay. I want to do they're, that. I guess proto-punk. Yeah. Or because they were pre pre-punk, but they definitely had punk overtones. Yes. Yeah, it's cool to I, I love to hear that stuff too and to sort of hear the the strains of what came before and after. Yeah. Of things, you know. So yes, this is this is a really great development in my life. I love being excited about music again. It's been oh, a long time. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I gotta re- I have to just tell you quickly what what it this I and I will I will at some point maybe in a rewind next show <laughs> tell everybody what band I'm talking about. It felt like it's a prog rock band, and I think this album came out in the last year or two. It was either twenty somewhere during either somewhere between twenty twenty and now it came out, and it was it felt very polyrhythmic, but not in the drum section. It's like each of the instruments was like you know it's like if you're listening to polyrhythmic you know, African drumming. And it's like, they took that and turned and then like gave each drum an instrument and then there's notes and all, you know, it was just. Is it instrumental or vocal? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's instrumental. Are Um, you talking about Karumbin? No, no, I I have to. I've probably said that all wrong, but I I don't think it's them. (laughs) If you said it wrong, it may not be them. You know, it was, it's not quite exactly, you know, like I like listening to a lot of instrumental music, like, you know, if I if I'm listening to a song and it like is raising the hair on my head, or I feel like you get like this wave like around the crown chakra. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that happens to you uh, when I, you listen to music, but certain songs do that for me. The dancer on Stanley Clark's School Days, for example, that mm. one, that song, I'm there. You know, it, it's like as <laughs> I train my brain, like oh, I'm gonna feel good when I listen to this song. So that was one of them. Yeah, I. I really dig Stanley Clark. So anyway. Nice. <laughs> awesome. So thank you for talking about this. This is cool. Yeah, you're very welcome.
I am very, very happy to be here with my friend Kat Ardern. And Kat currently lives in the UK, and she is an artist, student, and carer for her wife who has ME. They have two cats, Greg and Jonesy, and when she's not tending to any of those things, you'll find her in her garden. And welcome to the show, Kat. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. <laughs> it's so great to talk to you and to see you. It's great. Same. So you have lived in pretty much every <laughs> every English-speaking democracy we have on the planet, practically. Yeah, yeah. Economic migrant all around the world. <laughs> <laughs> so you have like a very unique perspective on everything. And I want to hear your perspective on everything. I don't know where we should start. I mean, should we start with, with the queen and the queue? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's the logical place to start, really, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my god. That, the, the last couple of weeks, you know, you know, when it's, I'm sure, like, Americans, you've lived through Trump. So, you know, you know, that <laughs> Like not even every week, not even every day. It's like every hour and it's just another thing. And you're just like, oh, my God, just make it stop. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, the, the queen and the queue. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with the queue. I did read a fantastic uh, thread on Twitter where someone had been trying to just go through like cross the queue like and got sucked into it and <laughs> um, it was just like yeah that that kind of says everything about britain really <laughs> at <Okay>. the moment <laughs> I, <laughs> I had read i read a really funny thing about the queue about how it, it, it there was somebody just making up a thing where you know you can never leave it and you can't eat or go to the bathroom i mean assuming was that also the case, the actual queue you couldn't leave and hold your place? Well, no, they had they were quite organised. Yeah, it's amazing how they, how organised <laughs> they can get for a queue to see a, a dead person in a coffin, possibly. <laughs> yeah, they had wristbands, so they yeah they could um, okay. they could leave and come back. Yes, okay. And some cause... places like the Shakespeare's Globe uh, left their their facilities open you know so you know people could people could go to the toilet <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. all right and uh, enough of that so um you guys were having to live under boris johnson which we we, we were basically we were deaf we were always sitting here thinking about he's just like trump but like maybe not as stupid i don't know <laughs> no, he's well, definitely the same school. Because, and and I'm guessing you would probably find that with pretty much all sort of populist autocrats that you know, or wannabe autocrats. Boris has cultivated this sort of like silly, crazy character that he you know has, and uh, much the same, I'm sure, as Trump has. You know the the. The chaos, they're just looking for chaos. So, you know, like, doesn't matter if it's good or bad or whatever, they just, they put it out there because everyone's then firefighting all the time and you don't have time to to sort of lock down any one thing. <laughs> uh, but he's not, yeah. Johnson's not going to be, like, indicted for anything, is he? Or 
No, of course not. No. No, no he just he just whatever whatever garbage he was doing was legal. <laughs> is what I'm. I yeah, probably. Like uh, it's. Yeah, I mean the whole thing with with um, Cake Gate. Um, <laughs> Which just feels like a lifetime ago now already. I don't even know what that is. Why don't you oh, quickly okay. explain so, well, that? It's, it, it was otherwise known as Partygate, which was uh, the fact that um, while everyone was in lockdown during COVID, the number 10, which is where the Prime Minister works and lives, they were all partying all the way through it. Oh. Suitcases full of wine. Yeah, they were just they were just going down and buying out their local, uh, you know, grocery shop full of wine. It was, wow. uh, you know, like no, they were trying to uh, deny everything, and then of course pictures came out, and so they said, "Oh well, maybe it was just one party, but that was a work party, so it's not like it was anything bad, you know." And then, like, just more things kept coming out, and bizarrely, like. Like everyone got very angry about that, obviously, because you know it was we were we were all trying to do the right thing. Well, that's that wasn't unique... the thing that actually got him fired. The thing that actually got him fired was uh, defending a sex pest, which <laughs> had already happened with another one <laughs> prior to party game. I mean, it has been scandal after scandal here. So I think that that's why it's really hard to, to think of things like prosecution because it is, so much of it is, is wrapped up in scandal. You know, like, you know, you'd love to sort of like point the finger at all the, the PPE contracts that, uh, that were handed out to his friends, uh, you oh, know, during man. it. Yeah. That I would like to see him prosecuted for, That you know, like, yeah, just... Uh, but... Uh, yeah, he can just go and crawl in a hole and we never have to see him again. That would also work. Yeah, yeah. but I, I am also hearing that the woman who's replacing him isn't, like, a whole lot better. Oh, my God. You have, like, like asked me on at a point <laughs> in time where we've just had our new chancellor do a mini-budget, uh, and I'm saying that in quotation marks, because... If they do a budget, they have to cost it. But with this one, they can just go, I want ponies and unicorns. And and everyone's just gone, what the hell, you know? So <laughs> the pound has dropped, you know? So we're, we're uh, inflation's going crazy. Interest rates are going crazy. No one's allowed to get a mortgage anymore. You know, people are going to lose their house. I mean, it's just... Like I looked at Twitter this morning, and I was just like, I just have to close it because I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be able to talk to you today. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, do some homework. Oh my god, the whole bloody Britain. Oh yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> well, it sounds like here it does. Yeah. I mean, rents rents are out of control. Housing yeah. prices are out of control, and I know that's going to end because. Our interest rates are going up, which means mortgages are going to get expensive, which means nobody's going to want to buy an expensive house. So I'm waiting for that real estate bubble to burst, and it really needs to. Mm. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys are we, – we are experiencing institutional purchases of residences, and they, they either rent them out or they're short-term rentals like Airbnbs, mm. which is making the rental – 
landscape ridiculous. Oh yeah, you know? absolutely. That that's happening, especially. I mean, not so much where I live. I'm on the south coast of uh, the UK, and uh, so we are a seaside town. But with that little bit too far for, from London to be commute about. Uh, but but yeah, there's a lot of properties that go up as Airbnb, which is is making it hard, you know, uh, yeah. for um, for people to find places to live in. But also too, it's sort of decimating a lot of um, small sort of picturesque towns over here because of the second home thing. So mm. uh, you know they're empty most of the year until you know you get the Airbnbs. <laughs> It's just crazy. You, you know, it's unsustainable. So talk to me about some of the other places that you've lived, like, and, and how governments, how it was operating. <laughs> so besides the UK, mm. you were you were born in New Zealand. Yeah. yeah. And you lived, I guess, there for, and I, and I have to throw out there because I think this is so cool that, that you're actually related to the prime minister there. And <laughs> yeah, I, I would definitely say distant relation. I would okay. not like first cousins or anything like that. Um, and I haven't looked into um, it, my father has. Yeah, so I haven't looked into this myself, but my dad has. So, uh, yeah, he, he sort of... I think he got quite excited about it because <laughs> her father's uh, name is the same name as one of his cousins. So he was like, oh, yeah. And then we found out it was different, different <laughs> okay. part of the family. Distant, distant relation. Okay. Yeah. Is, there, is, there elect, is there a governmental system like Britain's or is it like Australia? It's, it's, is it it's unique? Tell me, it's, tell me how Well, so it used to be there. like Britain. But uh, in the 90s, in the sort of mid-late 90s, it changed to MMP, which means Mixed Member Parliament, which follows the German model of, of, of Parliament. Um, okay. It has changed again since then. Um, so all of this happened after I left. So um, mm. I left in, in, in the early 1990s. So... So we still had first past the post then, which uh, I don't know whether it's similar to US. But Australia follows a much more similar model to America, uh, where you have a federal parliament and then you have state parliaments. So it gets quite, that's quite, I mean, I I guess it works for them, but it is quite messy, you know. Yeah. yeah. Is it, and, and is the voting the same? I mean, are, is Australia using ranked choice voting now? Uh, in I think in in the state ones they are, in the federal ones they're not. I don't think. I could be wrong on that. So um, okay. you know that that's uh, yeah. I should have asked my dad before I came on. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> my, my dad's my fount of all knowledge on Australian stuff. I haven't. I lived in Australia for four years before I came to the UK. But that was in the 1990s. It's <laughs> a long time ago now. So I get all of my info from my dad, who, you know, is about the only thing we talk about on the phone. So uh, <laughs> it's the state of the world and politics. I mean, he, yeah, I mean, that's been a barrel of laughs over there as well, too, with uh, Scott Morrison just like handing himself ministerial positions and things oh, like that. Yeah. It was just like. <laughs> <laughs> wow okay so um 
Yeah, that, I did mean, he get, so now, now get, we're envious because they've got like. Did he get a smackdown for that? Well, again, when they found out, it. like because he'd already because he'd already lost the election, I guess oh. everyone has everyone was just kind of like, well, phew, dodged a bullet there type thing, <laughs> and has moved on. I I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's wow. Very weird. Very strange. How, and also too, I think because obviously in America you vote for. A president, don't you? You don't. Well, you're, yes. you're not voting for the uh, party. So over here, you vote for a party. You don't vote for the prime minister. The party, mm. the party itself, is the, the the body that that promotes them up the food chain. Um, mm. So, which is why we're we've ended up with Liz Truss over here because uh, her party decided she would be the next uh, leader. Uh, and on the radio today, there was there's someone. There was a talking head on the radio today talking about the fact that she's our new elected prime minister, and it was like <laughs> unelected. She's not been elected by the, the electorate. So yeah. okay, yeah. so that so you guys and and is she what party is she in? So she's the Conservatives, which uh, would would um, be the equivalent to the Republicans in America. Okay, but you have, do you, okay, so how many parties do you have, though? You have a lot, right? Yeah, we do here in the UK. There's the Conservatives who are currently in and have been in for the last 12 years, and I hate them, and I want them to go. <laughs> this is my own opinion, and... <laughs> <laughs> um, I hate them, too, uh, so... <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so I might be a little bit biased, yeah. But um, then there's Labour. Labour, I guess, would be the equivalent to the Democrats in America. Okay. Then you have the Liberal Democrats, which I've had an argument with my wife about recently, because uh, I would say they are centre-right, and uh, she just went, what? Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> I think that they flip-flop a bit. Like, some of their policies are a little bit left, and some of them are a little bit right. But, of course, the centre has moved a lot since the conservatives have been in so towards the yeah. right so you know it's really hard to know where the center is now but um they were in coalition uh, the lib dems were in coalition with the conservatives for five years uh from mm. 2010 to 2015 so yeah i i would say that incarnation of them under nick clegg was was definitely center right huh this is all so then you have really the Greens, and then you have yeah. the SNP, which is the Scottish National Party, uh, and then you have uh, Clyde Cymru, which is the Welsh National Party. Then you have things like the Monster Raven Looney Party, which is just brilliant. Unfortunately, <laughs> they are not in power, but definitely go look up some of their policies. We have Count Binface, who used to be Lord Buckethead, I guess, and he just sort of like... <laughs> Again, not unfortunately not elected. He was going to change the name of London Bridge to Phoebe Waller Bridge. I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> so, so the stuff that they were doing on Monty Python was actually mirroring your actual politics. Basically, yeah, yeah. Okay, because yeah. I always thought that was just goofy, and <laughs> it's apparently not. No, That's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I just watched a program last night. There's a new program about the YBAs on. Um, so the YBAs are the young British artists 
back in the 90s. Okay. And it's sort of like giving a bit of background to, to what they're, um, uh, how, how they sort of came to be. Uh, and they, when you look at the backdrop of the 1980s under Margaret Thatcher here and stuff, and this is all stuff I didn't really, I mean, I, I kind of knew about, but it's sort of interesting to give more context to the, you know, the sort of the DIY ethos and all the rest of it came back because the country was poor. There was, nobody had any money or, you know, certain people had a lot of money and the rest had none. Yeah. So it's uh, hmm. it's kind of interesting. Yeah. I didn't, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess the, the whole DIY side hustle in the Americas happened for similar reasons. Cause, and probably you know, even a were, little earlier, I think, maybe. Yeah, we're, we're just, you know, doing all, it's the side hustle mm. thing, you know, or, or the stay-at-home mom thing, mm. needing to make some money because your one salary isn't cutting it anymore kind of deal. Sure, and, and I mean, you guys, you know, we at the moment still have a universal healthcare system <laughs> it's on its knees but we still have it <laughs> yeah it's, yeah you know i i do and 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 i keep now that i i i'm going i am going to be eligible for medicare very soon and i've been navigating that whole landscape which is not easy or self-explanatory in any way and when i keep hearing people say medicare for all i'm going guys it's not it's not the solution exactly no it's yeah i mean I'm, yeah obviously there would be like several tele television programs that, that probably <laughs> wouldn't have been made you know if it hadn't have been for the system that you have over there oh that's yeah I'm not yeah saying that that's a good thing <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that that was that car. There was a comic for um. It was like if Breaking Bad happened in Canada, it would be like, like I have cancer. Oh well, we'll take care of you. The end. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, Canada is one of the places that I haven't lived. Yeah, that's right. I realized it's. Yeah. <laughs> or it, you weren't. Have you lived in America either? Or is, uh, well, I I kind of did. I mean, okay. it's like so long ago now, I don't think I'll get in trouble for it. <laughs> um, I, I came over to America and I ended up sort of working in Fort Lauderdale for a while. <laughs> I, I did end up in, in the in, on Grand Bahama, so, uh, you know, I was outside of it for a while. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, this is like nearly 30 years ago, so, you know, yeah. hopefully well, no just... one's listening to it. <laughs> that are going to like go... Right, Bob March, you're in somewhere. <laughs> that was actually, I, I kind of remember hearing something about a lot of people living in America and working and not supposed to. A lot of them were from the UK mm. and not like from South America, like and and Mexico and and Central America, like yeah. the fear mongers keep saying to us. So. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it was like even back then, so I'm talking about the mid 1990s, that, you know, you, you couldn't take anything that looked like you might, you know, so you couldn't take anything that was like, could be considered as a, a suit or something like that, that, that might look, make you look like you're working. <laughs> and I've heard, you know, that people had their, you know, like through their diaries, you know, this is a, a border control, I guess 
people had their diaries looked through to see whether they had any oh, wow. like addresses that they were, or you know anything to do with work. So you know, as long as you went in and you had to like even back then, you had to pr- provide evidence that you could support yourself. Uh, hmm. So you know that that's not a new thing, and. Yeah, I, I ended up working on the boats as a boat ham, which is kind of how you got around it. Because if you were <laughs> working on a boat that had a UK flag or whatever, that was that was considered oh, yeah. UK ground. It wasn't. It wasn't right. America. So that's that was then. I don't know how they do it now. I don't either. But so um, it's, yeah, that maritime law is a whole other. It is a whole other kettle of fish. Yeah, and it's very weird. I. I <laughs> how are americans perceived now from your end of the ocean well i mean i have to say that you know like like the, the most of us i would have i would have thought i just relieved for you guys <laughs> <laughs> so, you know i mean i get a lot of my my american news off um john oliver so i don't know how (laughs) good it is but you know like i i try and watch that and yeah but you know i don't think that americans have ever been seen in a bad light i think i think most people can sort of like separate people from governments uh in, in most times you know, like like with with the the, the Russian invasion of, of Ukraine, nobody's nobody is uh, is blaming Russians for this. They you know they're, they're blaming Putin. Well, that's for good. It. <laughs> but yeah, that you know, it's just yeah. So at the moment, I think most of our sort of international press is focused on that rather than America now. So that's really because the American press. It doesn't talk about the war that much mm. in Ukraine anymore. They mention it occasionally. I mention it on the podcast because it's still happening and, and we're not, it's not front page news here because it's been going on. And I guess, you know, our te- we, everyone in America has ADHD and we have no attention span. So, mm. you know. I think we've developed that. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> well, I, I, think, I think the media landscape tends to encourage that you know oh yeah yeah back to firefighting isn't it it's just you know one thing after another um so does as uk taken in a lot of or refugees from from the war no (laughs) okay in a word (laughs) (laughs) um they like to tell everyone they have, but I think they've, you know, like with the um, Syrian um, migrant uh, or refugee uh, crisis, you know, they their policies are very different from what their their sloganeering is. So yeah. okay, yeah. so it's kind of well, I mean. I, I don't know. I mean, I ran into I ran into some Ukrainian refugees online to get my vaccine the last time I got a vaccine. <laughs> so they were in line ahead of me. And uh, it was interesting to, to see that. I know I know we've taken some in in the United States. And obviously, 
in my local community because they I met to. So, you know, so that, I that's interesting that you guys are still paying attention. I guess you guys have to pay attention to that because your oil and all kinds of stuff is tied up in that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, we've got we've got an energy crisis, we've got a financial crisis, we've got <laughs> yeah. I I saw the the front page of the Economist today. I don't know whether you've seen that, and it's not no. something I would normally. I mean, I have to say, like since the pandemic, I've followed more epidemiologists, and then suddenly. <laughs> Like that's gone through, and I, I'm like, oh, cool! I know a little bit about epidemiology now. I swear to God, I know more about more different things now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, definitely not a master of any, obviously, but you know, it's like, oh God, now I'm now I'm following like economists, and like, oh my God, do I actually want to know? <laughs> I have to know, but do I want to know? But yeah, anyway, so the Economist today is like uh, has a. A cartoon of Liz Truss, our, our new dear leader, and her treasurer, Quasi Kwarteng, uh, on a little tiny boat which is sinking, and she's sort of standing, <laughs> you know, sort of like, <laughs> like the master of all she surveys. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's probably how the rest of the world does view Britain, if, if they do at all, you know, it's like, yeah, tiny little wow. boat, yeah. <laughs> What are you doing in your personal life, like with your art and any, are you like showing things recently or what's happening with, with you? Right. So I, uh, in the last couple of years, decided to go back to school. So I am studying uh, long distance for a degree in fine art. So oh. my, yeah, so the last couple of years have been a lot of experimenting, like I'm, cause I'm doing oh, it part time. So cool. Um, it's you know it's been quite nice to to sort of have time to just just play with different materials and things so yeah I wouldn't necessarily say that my work is political uh, in any form at the moment but I guess all work is political you know when you're making work as a as a as anyone I you know I myself am a gay woman I <laughs> am <laughs> And and as a carer and as, you know, just, yeah, uh, as one of the working poor or, or not working poor, I don't know what you would call me. I work. An artist. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah, a I working a artist, artist so, so that means you have no money. So. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's what I'm doing. I'm, so I'm not showing, I'm trying to... Uh, so I am trying to organise a collective of other students. So we're working; we are working towards an exhibition, but that'll be next year. So okay, uh, yeah, um, cool. It will be. Hopefully, we're a bunch of uh, artists and scientists who have turned artists. So uh, it'll be really, oh, I'm that... really looking forward to that. So well, I hope that it's online so those of us Definitely that can't get will. to the UK can see some things. Yeah. Um, I will be on the lookout for that. And I want to thank you very much for being with us today and, and giving us your insights on things outside of America, which is, you know, 
sucking up all our energy. I hope some of it made sense. (laughs) It did. It did. Thank you. It's brilliant. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really lovely. You got questions? We got answers. And this time we have a question from Brian Lobig, who wants to know what was your favorite summer event or activity? Huh. I would have to say gardening and taking pictures of my flowers. <laughs> okay, that's very summary. I, I, you know, that's pretty much all I did this summer. <laughs> nice. Well, I went to the Cruel World Festival in uh, Pasadena, which was, you know, it was a big thing because I hadn't been on a plane since the whole COVID thing and stuff. So it was, you know, it was it was a little bit daunting, but it turned it turned out wonderful. And like every new wave band known to humankind played the festival, basically. (laughs) (laughs) So that was cool. So that's one sort of little answer. But the other thing is I always have a beach party every summer so the clothing optional beach gunnison is like my favorite place to live basically as much as i can (laughs) and every time that beach day happens that's like a really it's kind of like my home base cool thing so that's always wonderful so yeah so that's that's it oh okay thanks brian for your question yes thank you brian for giving us like a a vaguely easy one for once (laughs) Yeah, and it's good to reminisce since we're in the beginning of autumn now. So, you know, yeah, have to think toward next year. But I love the, all the seasons. I'm actually enjoying this one, too. So <laughs> I'm not ready for it to be as cold as, as it is right now, but I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Robin Renee, and you can find me on Facebook at Robin Renee Fan, on Instagram at Robin Renee Music, and on Twitter at Spirit Rock Sexy. And let me know if you want to hang out on Discord. I am uh, Andrew Jean is there. I'm Wendy Sheridan, and you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Wendy Cards, on Twitter at Wendy Designs, and on Etsy at Wendy Cards with a Z. And remember, you can always reach out to us on social media at Leftscape. Send us your questions, and we might answer it on an upcoming show. We love to hear from you. So until next time, be well, stay dry, and keep left. You've been listening to the Leftscape Podcast. Sound engineering by Wendy Sheridan. Show notes by Robin Renee. Fake sponsor messages by Ariel Sheridan. Web hosting by InMotion. Remote recording by Squadcast. If you like what you hear, please share it with your friends. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Leftscape. Become a patron of our show for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash leftscape. Thanks for listening. <laughs>